You're listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast with Davina Frederick. Hello, and welcome to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Our mission is to provide thought-provoking, powerful, and practical information to help you in creating your own sustainable, wealth-generating law firm without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. I'm your host, Davina Frederick, and I'm here today with Annie Scranton, president and founder of Pace Public Relations. Prior to forming Pace Public Relations, Annie worked as a guest booker for major networks, including CNN, CNBC, MSNBC, Fox News, and ABC. This experience gives her a really unique understanding of behind the scenes television and a very large network of contacts. Pace Public Relations is an all female, full service media relations and communications agency specializing in television, radio, print, and web placement. So Annie, I'm so happy to have you here today on the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, So I have so many questions for you today uh, on behalf of our listeners of women law firm owners. I want to start, though, just getting to know a little bit more about you and kind of your journey to the point where you decided to create Pace Public Relations and, and why you decided to do that. So if you just give us a little bit about your background, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. So I started my career um, as a print reporter and then shifted to becoming a TV news producer. Um, And as you said in your intro, I worked at almost all of the major networks um, uh, for about eight years um, during the first part of my career. And then I shifted to doing PR work 10 years ago um, when I opened up my firm, Pace PR. We just celebrated our 10-year anniversary last month, um, which was exciting. Thank you. Thank you. Um, And yeah, so it's actually not really an uncommon transition for folks in the media to transition to doing PR work. Um, But I guess what was somewhat unique about my transition was that I actually pivoted and opened my own firm. um, And that was not something that I had planned on or had a goal set out to do. Um, It just sort of happened that way through, Mm -hmm. um, through a series of, of events. Yeah, it's it's interesting because I think your story is like so many women business owners. Uh, some of us set out in with an intention to create businesses and then others, you know, circumstances bring us to that point where we go, okay, I'm just jumping in. <laughs> I'm gonna do this thing. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean we I had I had a moment actually where it 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 kind of became apparent to me that this was a, a role that I was kind of meant for. Um, when I was working at CNBC, I had gotten laid off because Donnie Deutsch's show had been canceled. And that was mm-hmm. the show I had been booking for. And I sent an email out to everyone I knew saying, you know, help, I just lost my job. If you know of anything, let me know. I was, you know, 28 at the time and, you know, didn't mm-hmm. have very much money saved up, not a lot of security, that kind of thing. And I, I got back an email that, that changed the entire course of my life. It was from a publicist who I had been working with booking his guests on Donnie's show. And he mm-hmm. said, listen, I know you don't do care work. You've only ever been, you know, in production, but I have a client. He'd be great for CNBC. Here's his information. If you can, you know, pass his information along to any of your friends at CNBC who would, who would book him and put him on their show, I'll pay you $500. And I said, all right, well, let me give it a shot. 
And I, I did just that. I sent it to my friend who worked in the newsroom and she replied in a few minutes and said, oh, he looks great. Can he come on Friday? And so just like that, I, I made money, but the bigger picture light bulb sort of went off where I realized, you know, I was in this unique position to connect people who wanted to get on TV and get featured in the media um, with friends of mine, with close colleagues of mine that I had worked with for, for some time. Right, right. You well, and you have worked with so many different networks. You're, you're, you probably have a vast list of connections. Um, work having worked in that industry for so long, so that's huge. And in addition to that, a, a really an understanding of how what networks are looking for when they're looking to book guests, because I think that's. That's the thing that, you know, lay people, people who aren't accustomed to getting media or public relations don't really have an understanding of the the need to provide the network or the journalists something that they can cr- make a story out of, that they can create a story. You know, like I remember working for a, uh, in marketing for a large law firm here and their idea of media was, you know, to print out these kind of standard bios of their attorneys and send them to the local paper to have, you know, their headshot. And, oh, we hired this person or we promoted this person. And that was their idea of media. And they didn't understand at all about the importance of creating a story and helping the journalist see that there's a story here you know, and, and doing that. And so your experience sounds, you know, you had that experience because you were on the receiving end of that. And well, yeah, I mean, you know, and every, every person, every lawyer, every law firm thinks yeah. that what they're doing is the most important thing and that everyone should <laughs> be <not>. interested <laughs> in, in what they're doing. And you know what, maybe it is the most interesting thing. Maybe it is so important, but the truth of the matter is, is that no one really cares. And, and, you know, I mean, just to put it so bluntly, we're all so busy. We're all getting so many emails. There's too much content. There's too much news to absorb. And so the, the trick really is to be able to make sure that the manner in which you are presenting the news about your firm or whoever you're, you're pitching actually is going to grab the attention of the producers or, or of the journalists. When, when mm-hmm. I was working in TV news, and this is 10 years ago now, I would get literally hundreds of pitches every day in my inbox. And wow. so, and most, and most of them were just made no sense. Most of them were not relevant for the show. Most of them had absolutely, you know, no way of providing kind of like information that the viewer could potentially use from this interview. And so one of the most critical steps that people really miss when they're trying to promote themselves and pitch themselves to the media is that you have to actually watch the show that you're pitching yourself to, or you have to actually read the newspaper or the trade publication or the magazine because you need to craft a pitch and a way to present yourself that is in line with the type of reporting that is being done by that Mm -hmm. outlet. Otherwise, you're just not even going to get a response back. Right, right. And we're seeing that, you know, podcasting has become so huge now. And I know I get a number of requests for, you know, people being guests on my podcast. And 
just listening to the podcast is a great place to start. Listen to the podcast, see if it makes sense for you to speak to that audience and, and make sense, you know, what can you share with that audience that would, you know, be helpful to them. Right. And that can, and you, you can so easily get accepted on a podcast if you just meet that sort of basic criteria of having something relevant to say, that's going to help that audience, you know? Um, that's exactly right. Yeah. So, so tell me uh, right now is probably a really interesting time in public relations because of all that is going on um, externally, you know, in the world, there's the COVID-19 pandemic. There are, you know, the protests over racial violence and, and, you know, killings of black people and people out protesting and saying, you know, drawing the line in the sand about that. And, and you're seeing so many companies come out now with have, you know, having to, put themselves out there and talk about what they're doing in this new era that we're in. And it's probably a very sticky wicket for a lot of companies and businesses. Um, but it's also an opportunity, isn't it? Yeah, 100%. You really said it. It's, I mean, now more than ever, and I feel like I'm saying this every day or every week or every month, like the news cycle is crazier than ever. Um, but there's always an opportunity to take advantage of that at the risk of, you know, I'm sounding crass, like just to, to if, if you have a way to further the story and provide information that is going to be useful to um, the, the public during related to the pandemic, related to Black Lives Matter, um, then now is actually a great time. And people have a lot of questions, you know, but particularly mm -hmm. pertaining to legal issues, um, you know, in terms of all, all different sorts of things, you know, mm -hmm. um, from their healthcare coverage to, you know, people wanting to understand their rights as it pertains to employment issues. Um, there's been a lot in the news about divorce rates spiking, you know, from everyone yeah. kind of living together with their spouses um, for, for this duration. Um, you know, so there's a lot of different issues where um, the public really needs that that content and that information and so if you and your firm are poised to answer those questions then now would be a really good time to reflect on the types of, of clients and cases you're taking on and see if the types of clients and cases you're taking on could be representative of a trend that's happening in light mm -hmm. of all of the news and then, you know, packaging it up to a member of the media in terms of that this is a trend that's happening is also a really good way um, to approach a journalist because then it's less promotional about you and your firm, but it's more speaking to a greater issue that may resonate with their audience. Right, right. Yeah. And so let's, let's unpack this, um, taking advantage of an opportunity kind of thing because i know i mean you and i have you know are being marketing professionals we we look at what's happening in the world and then how you know how to get our clients to tap into that right um and but a lot of people may hear that and go gosh i feel like i'm taking advantage of a situation if i'm 
if I'm talking about COVID-19 right now, if I'm talking about Black Lives Matter, and I'm doing it in a way that promotes my business, I'm taking advantage of something. And I, and I want to kind of shift that mindset for people and help them understand that it's, if you are not, if you can help people, if you could help the public, if you could help your prospective clients, you're actually doing a disservice if you don't get the word out to them that you're available to help them navigate rocky waters, you know, if, if, if they're sitting here going, how do I create a policy that, you know, that so I can navigate through this COVID-19 thing and have my, have my people working, but also keep them safe and keep my clients safe. If they're sitting there with these questions in their mind, and you're not reaching out in some way to let them know that I can help you with that, right? Of course, they're going to pay you. You're in business, but you still have an expertise that is worth something and is of value. And so you're really doing a disservice if you're not letting people know that, that you have expertise that can help them, right? I mean, that's certainly how I view it, you know, because um, obviously I'm in, I'm in a, the public relations field. Um, and, you know, but I think particularly in the legal industry, um, you know, there's kind of a, a shifting of the guard, so to speak, where I think some of um, the older partners at various firms are very hesitant to be uh, public facing too much because I think like many industries, you know, the, the legal industry was much more so just about referrals and kind of being a little bit under the radar in terms right. of, um, you know, putting yourself out there. But certainly with the younger generations coming up now, um, they, like, like everyone, recognize the value of social media, of putting yourself out there, you know, all of that kind of, um, all of those kinds of tactics. And so um, without being able to, um, have a plan and a structure in place, doing that, accomplishing that can be very challenging. But to your point, I, I do certainly believe that if they, if, if, if anyone has valuable information that truly can help people, yeah, I think, I think it's, I think it's great to put it out there. And, you know, it doesn't mean you have to be, you know, front and center on CNN every night, but there's other ways you can put that information out there, like on your website blog, like on, on your own LinkedIn, you know, um, or through mm -hmm. other social media or through your e-newsletters that go out to, you know, all of, all of the firm's contacts. And I, I believe that when you put out information that will be seen as helpful to your audience and you're doing it just because you genuinely want to help and share that information, it obviously builds goodwill. It obviously um, kind of continues to keep you top of mind, you know, with the audience that you've just reached out to. And I think that that's when more connections can be made. So I think not only you're helping people, but I think it could also lead to, to more business. Right, right. So let me ask you this. A lot of, you know, a lot of the people listening to this are podcasts or women law firm owners, and they work locally. There are, you know, there are a few that may have law firm offices in different cities, um, maybe very few in different states. But if, if you're working locally and you need to, so talk to us about getting press and 
what a good strategy would be for getting press if you're looking to promote your firm locally. I mean, like my business, I'm, I'm in a coaching business. And so I have clients all over the United States and in Canada. And so anything national, you know, anything on the internet, anything national is great for me. Right. Um, mm-hmm. And I don't really focus on local press, but with uh, law firms, even, you know, a lot of them are uh, geographically locked. I mean, there are some that are internet virtual firms that may be able to practice something like bankruptcy, which is federal, you know, but what advice would you have for them? What's a good strategy for making those connections and getting that local press or should they focus on national press? No, I mean, listen, if your, if your client base is, local then then certainly that's a great place to start and that makes sense and traditionally speaking getting local press is easier right than getting national placements um so i would do a couple of things um the the first thing you can you can try to do is is to actually just introduce yourself um to the various producers at your local networks and to the various reporters um, at your local paper. And a good place to start would be by going back to what I said before, researching and spending some time, go on, you know, your local affiliate, wabc.com, you know, wnbc.com, go to, you know, the, the Des Moines register.com and spend some time on there and try to figure out, which should, should be fairly easy, which reporters and which, which anchors and which, you know, producers are involved with the types of stories based on your industry, whether that's criminal cases, healthcare, you know, um, divorce, you know, there's so many, obviously, real estate, there's obviously so many sectors that mm-hmm. um, lawyers can be involved in. And once you have identified the right people to reach out to, um, one suggestion would be to to craft an email in which you're introdu- introducing yourself and say, I've, I've realized based on reading your previous stories or watching your previous pieces or listening to past podcasts of yours, that from time to time you interview attorneys and that you focus on stories related to X. And I wanted to introduce myself because I would be, you know, I would love to be an expert for you when you need those types of sources. And sometimes I also have cases relating to X. And so I'd love to be able to share them with you. Um, and so the, the name of the game really is to make yourself useful to the reporter and the media. It's really important to remember that the journalist or the reporter doesn't owe you anything. They don't even owe you a response. But if you can make their life easier, because they're every day they're under deadline and, and it's a tight, quick turnaround. And so every day they need to hit that deadline and produce. And so if you're able to be available to them, to give them what they need to, you know, tell the story or put together a new piece, um, then they're going to see you as really valuable. And that's kind mm-hmm. of part of how you build the relationship. Right. And it's even more, uh, it's even more of an issue now for journalists, for for content producers, right? On tell because in addition to television, there's uh, you know uh, networks are also running social media 
content now as well, just like all the rest of us in business, you know, you, there's this pressure and this need to put out content on social media. And so in addition to what they may be doing on a TV show or a radio program or whatever, you might also find that there's, you know, there's such a churn of news and, and needing to act quickly because the, the news cycle is a lot shorter than it used to be years, you know, even 10 years ago, right? Because of the uh, yeah. social media. Oh my God. I mean, it's, it's changing like, like all of the time, you know? And so um, the only way you, you have to really consume the news and consume the news of that particular outlet that you want to get featured in. If your dream is to be featured in, you know, the, the New York times uh, Sunday lifestyle section, you got to read that every Sunday, you know, if yeah. you really want to be featured on your local markets, uh, you know, Sunday morning show, you have to watch that show every Sunday. There's just right. no other way around it. Um, yeah. And then from there, it should give you an idea of how to, how to present yourself. Right. Right. And, and you should, you have, you really need to be available to, because especially with the short news cycle, what it is, I mean, people are looking for sound bites and, you know, responses. I mean, I know it used to be um, in PR, you definitely, you know, you wanted to be available when that reporter called, you wanted, to, but now that cycle is even shorter. <laughs> I mean, has, do you remember like what a cycle was for people returning calls for you, calls to you if you had something that was hot that <laughs> needed to be discussed or, you know, because yeah, that's, that's critical. It's, it, it, it's got, you're so right about that. It's gotten even quicker. Um, you know, I have producers who reach out to me sometimes and say, I need a guest on the air in 10 minutes. Do you oh, have wow. somebody who could phone in to the show? I mean, that's, you know, a, a little more uncommon, but it, it just happened to us last week, you know, where there was breaking news um, live on air on a cable network and they needed to get somebody on the phone to break it down for them. Um, but that is such a critical part of it is if you really want to get yourself featured in the media, then you have to make yourself available um, okay. to the to the journalist reaching out to you. Because if you're not available, n number one, they're going to find someone else who is. And then number two, they're going to remember that for next time. And they may not call you. You, they, you may not be the first call on their list next time. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about the advantage of a media guest appearance, a media spot, or getting your article or or something in a well, public, well-known publication, uh, as opposed to something like advertising uh, or even creating your own content and putting your own content out there on your social media um, or in your website or whatever. Let's talk about the why somebody would want to be, you know, interviewed on TV or have their article published or something like that? Well, I mean, you know, our clients have many different reasons for it. Um, you know, the, the, probably the main one is that they believe that by having a media presence and doing interviews or writing articles or getting featured on a podcast or a show um, will help their business. And, mm -hmm. and that is true. Um, it, it's the number one way that PR, the type of PR that my firm does, which is called media relations, can help 
um, any, any of our clients is that it helps that client to build their overall brand awareness um, and also raises their legitimacy and credibility. Um, you know, in any industry, let's, we'll, we'll stick with the legal industry, there are, you know, 700 other firms or lawyers who probably do exactly what you do, right? Mm-hmm. And, so, so, and so using the media to set yourself apart from others in your space is a really great way to make yourself stand out. And so, you know, if a potential client is really deciding between two law firms and they go on one law firm's page and they see that, you know, they're the, the one of their partners was just recently doing an interview on, you know, Good Morning America, that may say, oh, wow, well, there he's really legit. We should We should probably go with them, you know, or they get to watch a video of you and get a sense of, who you are and how you react and how you deduce the information um, that was presented in that segment. So um, I think it's very valuable. And my my clients also then send out that clip in their e-newsletters. They post it on their website. They post it on their social media. And people pay attention. People see it, you know. And Mm -hmm. it's all about, like, you know, in, in this era of being online and connected connectivity and 24 seven, you have to be putting content out there. And so um, it's also a way to just put more content out there and a way for, um, for your audience to understand that you're somebody who's actually now a thought leader in the space. You're somebody who, um, you know, tier one, highly respected media institutions reach out to, you know, for viewpoints. Um, so that, that is definitely one reason. Another reason, um, that various clients reach out to us to get featured in the media is because they may be looking to raise capital and it's important for their companies to have various, um, media, um, clips to put in their decks and their presentations um, to VCs. So, you know, that's another another area. And then um, clients come to us because they understand that if they want to write a book or pivot in their career, having um, media clippings that are in line with that pivot um, or in line with the area that they want to write a book in will help their overall um, growth and make them seem more attractive to a potential publisher or to a prospective employer in a different industry. Yeah, yeah, that's that. That is a really good point. And I was thinking of the legitimacy and credibility uh, of having a third party. You know, when you're promoting yourself through your own media pages and things like that, people say, well, of course, they're going to say this because they're promoting themselves, right? But when you have a a news source that is interviewing you, that completely shifts and makes you appear, you know, makes you appear to be more of an authority on something because like you said, this respected news outlet has reached out to you to interview you out of all of the thousands of lawyers they could have interviewed on on a subject. So I love that. And that's a nice segue into my next question about the book um, and the literary, the literary agency division that you have at your um, company. Mm -hmm. And this uh, was, it was particularly interesting to me because I am uh, in Orlando, in the Orlando area. And so your first book project was Jeff Ashton's Mm -hmm. 
imperfect justice, which for those of us in, I mean, all across the country, all people were watching this um, case being prosecuted by Jeff Ashton, um, of K Casey Anthony was being prosecuted for the murder of her daughter Kaylee in 2008. But those of us in Orlando were really like on the edge of our seats about this whole case. And so you guys, that was your first book project. Um, it was, yeah. yeah. So tell me about that. It, it was, was uh, I mean, it was crazy. We, um, we got connected through an on-air reporter um, who had been on court TV and then subsequently at HLN and I had been a producer at HLN. So I knew this correspondent and Jeff had worked with her, you know, over the course of like 15 years, you know, from different appearances on court TV and, you know, different cases and things like that. And Jeff recognized that this was clearly going to be the biggest case of, of his career. And that also he was, he was already wanting to retire. And so he was absolutely planning to retire right when the case ended. Um, so he um, recognized that it would be important to um, kind of have some loose plans in place for when that retirement happened. So that way he could tell the story of working on, you know, on this case. Um, Cause obviously, you know, as a prosecutor, you can't really do anything media wise um, while you're right. still in office. And so um, what happened was um, the day after the case ended, um, we had coordinated interviews for Jeff to go on the Today Show and, you know, a bunch of uh, The View, um, a few other shows. And um, one of the other things that we did was I set up a meeting with um, a, a dear contact of mine, Lisa Sharkey, and she's the senior vice president at HarperCollins. Lisa and I had worked together at Good Morning America um, years ago. And mm -hmm. so um, we, I set up this meeting and said, I think you need to talk to Jeff. I think you guys could be interested in it. And we left the meeting with a with an offer, you know, to for them to write the book. Um, and so it's in in all in all candor, I I had I, I wasn't even a literary agent at that time. Um, but I I became one and I quickly learned what I needed to do because I recognized like, okay, I need to, I need to help Jeff, you know, tell his story and get it out there. And, and in all honesty, um, it, it wasn't really that much different from doing PR work, you know, um, anybody can more or less, you know, become um, an agent and represent somebody in that book deal. Um, but for me, it was, it was, it happened because I had the super close connection, you know, to right. Lisa at HarperCollins. And so I was able to make that introduction and get it and, and make it happen very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, they offered him a great deal. It became a New York Times bestseller. And, you know, it was a, it was a great success for Jeff, um, clearly. And it was a nice feather in my cap as, as you know, because it was early days yeah. of me um, starting out. Yeah, I and it's I I I love your story of in both how you started the agency and then how you started this division because I think it's just it's so um that is that's an entrepreneur story right there. I you see this opportunity to connect somebody and then you make that happen and then you go, Hey, there's a business here. <laughs> you know, I can continue to do this. This was this is a great idea. So I, I love that. Um and 
And let's talk about the power of a book for uh, promoting your business and and why what self-publishing versus, versus having a publisher. Tell, talk to me about that a little bit. So the benefit of self-publishing is that is that anybody can self-publish, right? And so if you have an idea and you have already written your book and you want to get it out there, it's a fantastic time. Uh, it's mm. a fantastic way, I should say, to be able to do that. Um, the issue is that if you're going to be incurring all of the costs yourself um, to publish that book, and it's not cheap, and you you won't have any any support besides other support that you retain yourself to help promote the book or sell it or get it out there in any way. Um, so, you know, if you have the means and you have the time, it could be a great, a great way. Um, but I certainly think everybody should at least give it a shot to get a traditional publisher because obviously you won't be incurring those expenses Hopefully you'll be making money from the process and also you'll have, you know, obviously a whole, whole team in place who can help sell it online, get it in bookstores and promote it. Um, so, you know, it, it really just depends sort of how, um, how much your book idea will resonate, you know, um, it depends on how well known you are, how, you know, how, how big the audience is and it doesn't need to mean that it's, you know, meant for millions of people, but if there is uh, sort of, you know, proof or, you know, that, that there's going to be a, a good number of folks who are going to be interested in your project, then that goes into part of the proposal that you put together um, for a publisher where you say, I know for sure that this group of, you know, women or this group of lawyers or this group of whatever will really want to read this book. Um, so, you know, it's, there's a couple of different options. It just sort of depends on which one would be right for you. Yeah. And I think about for, you know, for attorneys there, there's a tremendous opportunity to write for their audience. And so many, uh, I think have a fear of sort of giving the farm away. If I put, you know, insider secrets in my book on how to do it yourself or whatever uh, around a particular topic, maybe estate planning or divorce or something like that, that people are just going to go and do it themselves. But in fact, I think you can, you can use books like that and to position you as literally the person who wrote the book on the subject. And I mean, that's going to differentiate you from other, a, a lot of other lawyers and law firm owners who haven't done that. And most people are going to, you know, read something like that and go, yeah, this is too much for me. I really need to hire an attorney. So, and of course the attorney they're going to want to hire is you. So, I mean, I think it's a great uh, way for people to get the message out there. And then that also can lead to, even if they self-publish, it can, it can help them get more media opportunities. If you have a oh, book. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah. I mean, a book is, uh, is a great way First of all, upon the launch of a book to get media, because that's really a moment when you publish a book, when it first comes out, that that in and of itself is considered newsworthy, you know, to be able to reach out to members of the media. Um, but then similarly, um, you know, having a book is that sort of great qualifier, that that great 
boost in terms of your own legitimacy and credibility that really can um, be be attractive for a member of the media to reach out to you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So do you have, if somebody's got a, a book idea sort of burning in their in their soul <laughs> that's related to, well, whether it's related to their work or not, um, what kind of uh, suggestions, recommendations would you have for them in creating a really good publishable book? Well, the first step for writing a book, uh, once obviously you have the idea for the book, is you need to put together a proposal. Um, and so the, and, and even if you're planning to self-publish, I, I think you should still do it because it's just good, a good exercise in making sure that you're sort of on track um, mm-hmm. and have, have thought everything out clearly. So um, the proposal includes um, a, a one to three page summary of the book. It includes um, outlines of each chapter and a paragraph or two describing what each chapter would entail. It includes a, an actual written chapter or two. It includes information about the author, like your bio. It's very important to put in there if you have great, a great social media following to include the statistics of how many followers you have because it's really hard to sell books these days. And so publishers like to take on new authors who already sort of have a built-in audience. Um, and if you're somebody who's already been doing the media a lot, to definitely include that because then that would obviously um, be enticing for the publishers to know about as well. Um, you want to have in there um, comparative titles, so similar books that did well and sold a lot of copies that then can make the case for why your book should do should do well. Um, and so those are the main components. And then once you have that together, that's what you would send to a traditional publisher in the hopes of trying to get that book published. Right, right. And and all of that, everything that you've described today in our conversation sounds like a whole lot of work. So I mean that that can really be the advantage of having a, I mean, there's so many advantages to having an agency like yours sort of guide you through this process because you wouldn't really know what to do, first of all. And then if you do know what to do, maybe you read some books, you know, having somebody who's done it hundreds of times before um, and also has the connections are really the advantages of hiring an agency, right? What else? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that you know, hiring an agency is definitely, you know, the uh, it's going to give you a leg up, um, you know, in terms of any outreach, whether it's on the media or the book side, um, mm-hmm. because you know, just when you hire an agency, it it automatically um, presents the image that you are big enough, quote unquote, to have, you know, an agency representing you, you know, and it also indicates that you're doing things the right way. Um, not like people certainly can, can pitch and get interviews on their own. You can certainly pitch and publish a book on your own, but 95, 99% of the time, it's going to be through the proper channels, you know, that Mm -hmm. these types of things take place. Um, and I think it also just, um, leaves out that element of like, 
you know, it, it just makes you feel more, more professional rather than saying, hi, I'm writing this book. Will you please publish it? Like it just kind of makes you, it kind of puts you in a different category from the get go. Right, right. So if, if we want to find out more information about Ace Public Relations, tell us where we can find out more about you or connect with you. Uh, well, you could find me online at pacepublicrelations.com. Um, on Twitter, we're at pace underscore PR. Um, and those would be probably the best the best two ways to uh, to reach out to us. Great, great. So I thank you so much for being here today, Annie. I think you shared just a wealth of information that our women law firm owners can use to start thinking about um, maybe trying to snap up those media opportunities or uh, or at least, you know, get their antenna up and start paying attention for those opportunities and thinking about where they might want to uh, be invited to, to speak. Um, so I thank you so much for being here and sharing that. Thank you so much for having me. At Wealthy Woman Lawyer, we help women law firm owners build profitable, sustainable, wealth-generating law firms without overwork or overwhelm so you can live your best life. If you are ready to create more of what you desire most in your business and your life, then you'll want to sign up now for our free training, Seven Shifts to Create a Wealth-Generating Law Firm Without Killing Yourself in the Process. Register now at WealthyWomanLawyer.com training to receive this free training immediately. And thank you for listening to the Wealthy Woman Lawyer Podcast.